With a weekly plan, you focus on your top priorities over the course of seven days rather than for one day. The task can be work-related, like client projects or business development and marketing activities. Or they can be personal, like prioritizing family, movement, sleep, outdoor recreation, and creative hobbies. This is Episode 9, Why Weekly Planning Works. Hello and welcome to The Incrementalist, a productivity podcast on making big changes in small steps. I'm your productivity coach and host for the show. A weekly planning session gives you a broader perspective on what you need to get done. It also gives you more flexibility to get the right things done. I find it to be more essential than a daily to-do list or daily action plan. In her book, Do Less, Author Kate Northrup writes, if you want to feel instantly saner, make a weekly to-do list instead of a daily one. Your life is made up of what you can do on a weekly basis. In episode 8 of the Incrementalist podcast, I talked about how to plan your ideal week. In this episode, you'll learn about the benefits of weekly planning. It leads to more clarity, control, focus, and flow. Let's start with clarity. When you do a weekly plan, you get a higher level perspective to accept that you won't get everything done. Big, important projects usually take several days or weeks to complete. Instead of just lowering your expectations, you change expectations of yourself, including how long you will take to make steady progress and get the desired results. You get clear on what you can control and release the need to control the things that you can't. When you have clarity, You reduce overwhelm and make space for your best work with greater ease. A weekly plan gives you more direction in how you will move forward on your high-level projects while taking care of routine tasks and obligations to others. Even if you have 10 projects, you can usually do only one to three major ones and no more than five in a week. Pick one to three must-dos, two extra should-dos, and defer the remainder to another week. Your weekly plan contains buffer time for interruptions, emergencies, and unexpected delays. In his book, Start Finishing, author Charlie Gilkey recommends the five projects rule to limit your commitments and do your planning. He recommends you do no more than five active projects per time scale, whether it's a year, a quarter, a month, a week, or a day. At higher time scales, you think about the big picture and generalities and at the lower timescales, you consider the specifics and details. In the weekly planning, you don't get into the nitty-gritty of each day, but just focus on the five top projects for the week. At the monthly level, the quarterly perspective informs the why of the month, and the weekly perspective informs the how of the month. The weekly plan is the longest level of perspective to set time blocks for action steps. The monthly perspective is too long to pinpoint time constraints like recurring commitments and logistics of daily life. And the daily perspective is too narrow to show patterns and rhythms for planning when to do what ahead of time. Gilkey defines four blocks to plan your days in each week. They are the focus blocks, 
social blocks, admin blocks, and recovery blocks. Focus blocks are for high-leverage tasks that need deep, undivided attention. Set at least three focus blocks per week to make steady progress and build momentum on your best work projects. Ideally, each focus block is 90 to 120 minutes long. Social blocks are for meeting with other people and connecting with them in real time. They include collaborating and brainstorming on team projects. Admin blocks are for low-level tasks that don't need heavy lifting. Examples are processing emails, returning phone calls, filing documents, organizing notes, and cleaning up your desk. Recovery blocks are for resting, recharging, and resetting. They are necessary for you to do your best work. By having these set blocks in your week, you avoid reaction mode when you're just responding to emails, phone calls, and meetings. You're clear on what you need to do and have done. Mapping out an ideal week gives you a visual of what needs to happen, including appointments, deadlines, start dates, and milestones. Weekly planning helps you to gain clarity on what you can accomplish and what may be unrealistic. It is key to focus on your top priorities, your big rocks, and to be more present with others and in your projects. Weekly planning encourages you to be intentional and purposeful. Instead of just going along with external demands and requests or interruptions and distractions, you reset and work the plan. The second benefit of weekly planning is control. Stop fooling yourself about how much you can do in a given day. If you're rescheduling tasks all the time, your to-do list is too long. Weekly planning reduces stress and feelings of defeat because it puts you in control of the next seven days. A weekly planning not only gives you more flexibility, but allows you to be more spontaneous. You have a whole week and not just a day to accomplish key tasks. What you need to accomplish and where you need to be can be pre-decided with a weekly plan. This reduces decision fatigue and jumping from one task to another. Sure, you might need to shift things around and tweak plans during the week, but you're doing this intentionally instead of just allowing outside forces to dictate your responses. A weekly plan gives you more control in defining and setting your priorities. It works well with the Eisenhower matrix or priority matrix, which I covered in episode 4, How to Prioritize What Matters. The matrix is divided into four quadrants. First is important and urgent. Second is important but not urgent. Third is urgent but not important. And fourth is not urgent and not important. The important and urgent are things you need to do now. These are your real emergencies and time-sensitive projects that relate to key focus areas. The important but not urgent are things that you must decide when to do. You schedule time and make space for them. They include strategic decision-making, preparing a sales presentation, and responding to key client requests. Take care of these essential tasks before they become urgent. The urgent and not important are tasks you can delegate. If there's someone else who can do the task now, do the task better, or 80% as well as you, delegate the tasks to that person. These include administrative tasks like scheduling meetings and filling out expense reports. The not urgent and not important 
are tasked to delete, purge and drop things that you and no one else really cares about or doesn't advance your priorities. Before you jump into reaction or action mode, ask yourself, is this a real problem? And if it is a problem, does it need to be solved by you? Do you ever get emails with a subject line reading URGENT REQUESTS in all caps with exclamation points? Many of these often get resolved on their own or become irrelevant, especially when you give the asker time to figure things out for themselves. When an important task needs to be done now, work on it. If not now, make time for it. If you have a big meeting scheduled in the morning, you won't get to work on the big project at that time. Schedule a time block in the week to get it done. Factor in meeting requests and new ongoing projects when you're planning the ideal week. Do not put things on your weekly to-do list that's better left for a week further into the future. This is a delicate balance, of course. You don't want to delay tasks to the point where they become urgent. Start early enough to make steady progress towards successful completion. If there's a deadline to deliver a report, do the research, review the documents, and make notes well ahead of time. If an important task does not have to be done by you, ask for help. Give the task to someone else when possible. Delegate to create time and space and to free up your energy to work on things that must be done by you. If a task does not have to be done at all, drop it. And if it's something you might be interested in doing later, put it on your someday future projects list. If it's really worth your attention, you will get back to it. Weekly planning allows you to see what's coming down the pipeline. These include your normal weekly meetings and your big one to three projects for the week. It helps you to renegotiate due dates, start dates, and project timelines when necessary. There are fewer surprises when you do a weekly planning session. Because there are more days in the week to start or finish the task, you will feel less defeated at the end of each day. You set intentions and plans for what will happen over the week instead of one day. A week gives you more buffer time for emergencies or last-minute assignments. You're not losing sight of pre-existing commitments and obligations. If you don't get to work on a project as planned in a day, you can bump it out to another day in the week to start or finish it. Weekly planning gives you control over longer and bigger projects, where it's better to estimate the completion time in weeks and not days. The third benefit of weekly planning is focus. The clarity and control you get from weekly planning gives you more freedom to focus. Weekly planning makes daily planning easier because you can add, delete, and check off tasks as you move throughout the week. It puts you in proactive mode instead of just react to what comes up in the day or what's coming up the next day. You can look ahead for tasks, projects, events, and activities. You can triage your calendar and task list with a weekly plan. You focus on the most critical, the most important, what you're paid to do, what you really enjoy, what moves you closer to big goals, what capitalizes on your strengths or stretches you in ways that you want to grow. Weekly planning helps you to say no when necessary. You're not defaulting to yes to every new opportunity that comes up. You have a visual that allows you to see if you have too many meetings, appointments, or events going on and need to cut back to get solo time for thinking, reflecting, focusing on top projects, and self-care. 
A weekly plan helps you to focus on the essentials, whether work-related or personal. It gives you spaciousness. You focus on your top priorities when it's time to do so. You sleep better, deeper, and longer. You enjoy your free time for recreation, family, fun, and creative hobbies. Kate Northrup says she switched from a daily to weekly to-do list after she had kids. I had a similar experience after I had my first child, which brought more unexpected elements and responsibilities outside of work. I learned to get better results with more time constraints in a day. Instead of wishing I had longer focus blocks in a day, I looked for shorter multiple focus blocks throughout the week. The fourth benefit of weekly planning is flow. Focus triggers flow. In episode 5 of the Incrementalist podcast, I explained that flow is the optimal experience in which you're so involved in an activity that nothing else seems to matter. It's a key ingredient of a meaningful and happy life. Weekly planning brings more flow. It creates more opportunities to sync with your natural rhythm. Your to-do lists contain the things you have to do or want to do. To get unstuck and get moving, you also need to assign a time and place, when to do the task, where you will take action, in what context and under what circumstances. In your weekly planning session, you consider your energy and focus levels not just throughout the day, but also over the course of a week. It's easier to plan around your rhythms and have autonomy with a weekly schedule than with a daily one. Maybe you're a person who starts out with high energy and high focus on Mondays, but have very little to spare on Fridays. Make sure to work on the most important projects on Mondays and postpone most of the administrative low-leverage things to Friday. Or maybe you're a person who needs to warm up on Monday before you start to build momentum to work on top projects. You could do administrative tasks on Monday, like process your emails, return and make phone calls, or make notes for upcoming meetings. Then begin the important projects on Tuesday morning when you're more primed for deep focus work. Be deliberate about where you perform the task. If you can choose the location, consider the concept of state-dependent memory. Each time you go to the spot, it will trigger a memory of what to do. I percolate an ideas when I take a walk in the neighborhood or when I sit on the armchair next to my office window. I do my writing at my desk with a cup of tea or bottle of water within arm's reach with the door shut. Plan your week around your natural rhythms, including your focus and energy levels, which ebb and flow throughout the day. You also need to consider your circumstances, like whether certain days or parts of the day have more quiet time or more interruptions. For most people, it's usually better to do high focus, deep work, and analytic tasks in the morning, low leverage admin tasks in the early to mid-afternoon, an insight creative task in the late afternoon to early evening. Compared to a day, the week gives you more time blocks to sync the right task with your normal rhythm so you can have more flow. In sum, weekly planning adds clarity, control, focus, and flow to your ideal week. What happens and what you do each week make up your life. A weekly review and preview work to get you moving on the things that matter. Be sure to check out episode 8 for more on how to plan your ideal week.
If you have comments or questions, please email me directly through my website at dianewilliams.com. If you like the show, hit the share and subscribe buttons and leave a five-star rating. Thank you for joining me. Stay tuned for more on the next episode.